Hi, this is Andy Hahn. And once again, I'm coming to you from my library in Waltham, Massachusetts. And today is May 7th, and this is the 11th episode of Guided Self-Healing, Fearless Living. And this episode we're gonna call three kinds of people or three types of people. I think we'll actually say three types of people and why it matters. Now let's start with what's obvious in this world these days, which is that uh, we have a lot of differences and the differences polarize us, unfortunately, because instead of having a world of understanding and trying to really do the very best we can to uh, be curious and open-minded and open-hearted and fully engaged with other people, and what it's like for them, we uh, have become more and more identified with our own identities. And um, that leads, of course, to misunderstandings and real difficulties. And we see that everywhere these days. So we see it around race, certainly, that there is a lack of understanding or we see it around class or ethnicity or certainly gender. There's this uh, a lack of really trying to know what it's like for someone else who comes from a different core experience than we do. And I would say one of the biggest ways we don't understand each other has something to do with personality. And uh, we know there are differences of personality, but there's no way that most of us can understand these differences. And because there's no way we understand them, we just say other people are different from us. And often we are judgmental of them because of their difference about sort of where their attention goes and what motivates them. <clears throat> we say, <clears throat> they just don't make any sense to me. And even we ourselves, we don't even understand where our attention necessarily goes and what motivates us. So we're kind of in the dark. So today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, understanding where we come from. And <clears throat> excuse me, I want to start with a simple idea that there are three types of people. And the three types have fundamentally different worldviews, <coughs> fundamentally different ways of making meaning, fundamentally different core lenses, fundamentally different places their attention goes. And this lack of appreciation of these uh, differences, a lack of being open-minded about the differences and curious, of being open-hearted and compassionate and empathic, of being what we might call open-bodied and being fully engaged with the other and sensing where they're coming from and then acting from where they're coming from so that we can actually care for them in the way they need to be cared for as opposed to the way we just naturally care. Um, these uh, lack of appreciation of these differences causes untold misunderstandings and difficulties. So we're gonna start with something simple. And the tool I use for this, although it's certainly not the only one, is a tool called the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is a sacred symbol and it 
is something that has uh, all of life incorporated into it in some ways. Like it's like all sacred symbols, the more you delve into it, the more you find. Um, so it tells you how things evolve. It tells you how things devolve. It is amazing information. The most standard way the Enneagram is used is it says that there are nine different personality types and each of them is different uh, fundamentally. And they each have different ways of paying attention and they each have different motivations. They have different ways of making meaning. They're just profoundly different. And if we understood that, that would be great. But I don't wanna start with nine. I wanna start with really what the Enneagram says is that there are three kinds of people and the three kinds of people are broken up into three variations, which is a much simpler way to understand it. So we're gonna start with the three kinds of people and we're gonna then go on to the variations and you'll see how it all just builds on itself. And it actually, not only is there three kinds of people and three variations of the three kinds of people, but there are also three variations of the nine different types. So there actually, it says there are 27 uh, different kinds of people. The Enneagram says as a core, there are 27, but we're gonna start simple and say there are three. And let's look at those three different types and see if we can gain an understanding of those types and where we fit. And then maybe where some of the people we care about fit and say, maybe it will make some sense to us now, as opposed to what the heck are they doing and how, why are they acting that way? Because I will tell you something, if you did nothing else in life, you know, if you could say, I'm going to do three things. I'm going to be open-minded and be curious, which is one of the centers called the head center. I'm going to be open-hearted and compassionate and try to understand what that person is feeling, which is the heart center. And I'm going to be fully engaged with them and sense where they're coming from and then act in a way that is really caring for them in the way that they'd want to be cared for so that I am going to respond to them as opposed to imposing on them. And if we could be fully open-minded in this way with our wisdom and fully open-hearted with our compassion, our compassion and fully open-bodied with our capacity to sense and respond and then act from that and be fully engaged really. So we're gonna be open-minded, open-hearted and fully engaged. Then we're truly present and we're truly with the other as opposed to our projections onto them and our sense of what's going on with them. They make no sense. So with that as an introduction, let's now move on and talk about these three types of people. The first type of people we're gonna call heart types. Heart types, which in the Enneagram are points two, three, and four, for those of us who care about these things, because the Enneagram is a circle with nine points and the heart types are points two, three, and four. The head types are points five, six, and seven, and the belly points are, the belly types are eight, nine, and one. So we're gonna start with the heart types. And if we think about Hegel for a second, if you know Hegel, he said there are three fundamental energetic movements. It's called thesis, antithesis, synthesis. And really, if you wanna think about it, the heart types are a thesis, the head types are an antithesis and the belly types are a synthesis. So what does that mean? Heart types assert something. 
they say, this is who I am and I'm seeking something from you, which is I want your approval and acceptance because a heart type says, not surprisingly, they say, I feel, therefore I am. And what does it mean to say, I feel, therefore I am? I'm looking for a good feeling in the heart. And in order to get that good feeling, I have to get a response from you. And the response from you is, I want you to approve of me and to like me. And that's what I'm looking for. So the heart types all go forward. They assert something, they create a thesis, and then they're looking for a response back. So that's how we know if we're a heart type. And they are called, <clears throat> the points that are called, all these heart types are called image, and I would say despair points. And what does that mean? It means that I despair that you would approve of me if I was truly who I was. So what I have to do is I have to create an image that is an image that I believe you will approve of. And then I have to present that image to you. And then I'm looking for your approval. I'm looking for your applause, we could say. Every heart point does that. So let's, <clears throat> so that's the heart points, right? And so the core dilemma is, what image do I have to present to you so that you will like me so I will not feel despair, that I am unlovable and unapprovable of if I was who I was, right? And that's why we present a thesis. And you'll feel the energetic of that. It goes forward and out. Every heart point then coming forward and out towards you saying, I have to present something to you and I want you to applaud it. That's the hard points. So now we're going to go across a great divide to the head points, which are exact opposites. So if the heart points assert something and say, I want you to like me, the head points have the exact opposite problem, which is the, the world is a dangerous place, particularly heart points, because they want something from me. And so I live in a world of danger. And so when I say, if the heart points are, I feel therefore I am, the head points are, as Descartes said, who was certainly a head point, I think therefore I am. But what does that, what is thinking used for here fundamentally? It says, the world is a dangerous place. It will demand too much, it will give too little, and I have to scan like this. Where is the danger coming from? And so these points are called the points of the, um, uh, they're called the points of uh, fear is the emotional issue. And the teachers say paranoia or doubt is the mental issue. And so what I'm gonna do, is I don't wanna feel fear, right? Just like the heart points don't wanna feel despair, right? Head don't want to feel fear. So they're going to use their doubt to say the world is dangerous. I'm scanning for the danger so that I will not have to feel this inner fear. And we're going to notice something, which I'm going to go back for a second. 
what we're going to notice with the heart points is when they come forward, what you're going to notice is, interestingly, if I want you to like me and I want you to applaud me, right, I will not be discerning. You'll be like, I have no head. So when I want your approval, I'm going to do whatever it takes without sort of stepping back and saying like, do I really, is that a wise thing to do? Heart points all the time do very undiscerning things because they want someone's applause. So they say, what do I have to do to get their applause? And they don't always think about whether it's a wise thing to do or not. So the problem, of course, with the heart points is they lose their head. Now, what's the problem for the head points? And we're going to find something interesting, which is if the heart points are no head, the head points actually are no body. And so we say, well, why would somebody say the world is a dangerous place? And if the heart points, as we said, were going forward and out, the head points go back and in. They go away from something. There's a thesis, right? I identify with, well, they're going to, I head point is going to identify with an antithesis. Like there's something dangerous and I have to go away from it, right? I have to doubt it. So we're going to know that every head point, right, uses their doubt scanning around externally, right? They will use their doubt as a way not to feel fear. Why are they afraid? Because they are no body. And of course, if you're a no body, or in this case, you are literally no body, you are just a head, right? As a head points, they have no body or no belly. I don't have enough energy. And uh, I'm gonna be, you're going to do something to me and you're going to you're going to be dangerous in one way shape or form or another so my core dilemma is how do i keep myself secure in a world of danger right and if that's the case no matter what the danger is because again we're going to see three variations of it we're going to find something that's dangerous and we're going to get away from it and if that's the case i'm a head point and you can understand why heart points and head points just do not understand each other, right? So we have this thesis, as we said, and then we have an antithesis, and that is the heart points and the head points. So now we go to the belly points, <clears throat> and the belly points are interesting because you could say, if a heart point says, I feel, therefore I am, Right, And a head point says, I think, therefore I am. Well, what about the belly? And the belly point basically says, I react or I sense something and then I take an automatic action. So I react to something outside of me. And sometimes it's reacting and sometimes it's responding, but it's always to something external, right? So it's like, I don't identify with anything except for my reacting, my sensing something outside and then taking an action. I don't know what my heart's desire is, and I don't know particularly what I'm afraid of, right? So there's not an inner experience. It's totally an outer experience. So it's like to say, I don't have my own identity. I don't have my own desires. I don't have my own fears. But what I am, so I don't have my own identity, except insofar as I, in some way, shape, or form, are in reaction to something outside of me, right? So I sense and I do. And so that's why it's called a synthesis, right? It doesn't present something like a thesis. It doesn't go forward and out. 
it doesn't go backward and in and say, no, there's something dangerous and I'm aware that there's something dangerous. It goes up and diffuse, right? Or it's not embodied. <clears throat> Why is that? Because if you're always responding to something, right? There's something you're lacking, which is a sense of what it is that you truly desire. So it's like no one ever asked. So. Uh, <clears throat> every belly point will say, I don't know what I'm passionate about, but I know how to react to something outside of me. And so that's why I say these points, the energetics of them go up and diffuse, right? Because in order to be in the body, you have to know something about what your own heart's desire is, what you're, and that's not feeling, it's not about emotions, it's about passion, it's about what is it that I really desire? You ask any belly point, eventually they will say, I have no clue what I desire because it feels like there's an emptiness in the heart. I am no heart. But you have to understand what no heart here means. It means I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am except in reaction to something else. Okay, and that's why I say every of the belly points go up and diffuse, and they're going to be someone who says, essentially, I react or I respond or I send something outside of me and then I take an action, and therefore I am, right? I'm going to be playing your game, and therefore I am. That's what these points say. So if we can get that, just that, we're in good shape as a starting place, right? So what I want to invite you to do today is just really, really, really observe. Observe yourself first and say, at the end of the day, what am I doing? Am I trying to get a good feeling in the heart? And I do that by creating some kind of image wherever I look for that image, right? And then I present it to the world and then I look for applause so I don't feel despair. And if that's the case, you're gonna be a variation of a heart point. So what I want you first to do is to say, is that who I am? Am I some kind of heart point? Or you can say, am I a head point? And of course, if I'm a head point, then my problem is gonna be the world's a dangerous place. It's going to demand too much. It's going to give too little, right? It literally may demand too much or give too little. And then I have to pull away from the demands and the sense that you want something from me, or it's going to like be dangerous, literally dangerous, or it's going to try to trap me or bore me or make me feel pain. And I've got to get away from it. And if you realize that you're starting, you're starting, your first movement is backing away from something, right? And then you'll either go further back or you'll go up and diffuse or you'll go around it. But my first movement is going to be I'm pulling away from something. And if that's the case, right, that's the case, then you're a head point. And you really have to look carefully about that. Well, you know, some people, you know, it's true of the hard points too. Um, because, um, as we will see, one of the hard points doesn't look like it's creating an image and one of the head points doesn't particularly look like it's afraid of anything. So you, if you're a head point and you're somebody who says, well, I just do whatever I 
want to want pleasant experiences, you have to notice that the reason that you want to have pleasant experiences, the first move is to get away from something that could be painful, like literal pain, like not physical pain, but emotional pain, or being bored or being trapped. So nothing's going to trap me. So even for those of us who look like we're not, you know, pulling away from something, our first move actually is to pull away from something. Okay. So am I that kind of person? Am I somebody who says there's something out there and it's going to demand too much, it's going to give too little, in some way it's dangerous and I have to get away from it. And if that's the case, you're ahead point. And then we go to our last points, which is the belly point. And really the way, you know, we started with the belly point, I didn't tell you the issues there, they're called self-forgetting, right, and anger. And what it is, is I use my <clears throat> um, self-forgetting in a funny way. Um, I use forgetting, you could say, as a way not to experience that I have an anger inside because I have forgotten myself, right? So uh, in some way, shape or form, I don't wanna feel my anger at myself that I've forgotten myself. So it's gonna be, what am I gonna do with the anger when I feel like no one ever asked? No one said, what do you want? Or what are you feeling? Or who are you? That's my good my story. If I'm a belly point, I'm gonna say, no one ever asked. No one ever asked. But really what we have to realize is of course that the person who never asked was ourselves. We forgot ourselves. And so if I'm a belly point, I'm gonna make sure, you know, that I am not aware of this self-directed anger, right? Because you did something to me. And really what I've forgotten is that I never asked the question. What do I desire? What am I feeling? Who am I if I'm not responding or reacting to something else? And if you know that, and of course, you know, one of those points looks like they know what they want. But even that point, if you look at it as one of my dearest colleagues once said, you know, it looks like I know what I'm doing, but in the beginning, I'm still responding to something. If you give me a blank sheet, right? She said, and we'll go back to this in our next meeting. She said, you give me anything to respond to, I'll make it better. So you give me a menu, I don't care where it is, I can improve it. But give me a blank sheet of paper and say, you can make any menu your heart desires. It's much harder. And if that's the case, if when you have a blank sheet of paper, right, you have no clue. No clue. I mean, it's not like you have a clue, but you're anxious about it because you won't get applause, or you're you have a you have a clue, but if you say it, something bad will happen, but you have zero clue whatsoever when you have a blank sheet of paper, then you'll know that you're a belly boy. So the invitation for today is just to start with those three types and to start with yourself and to witness yourself and to say, which one am I? A hard point that is really looking for applause. 
is looking for approval. A head point is looking for security in the face of some kind of danger. Or a belly point that's looking to find their identity by being in reaction to something else. And that's where we'll start. And then maybe we can say, oh, that's what's going on. That's why they're acting the way they're acting. Because you don't have to look at the behavior anymore. You can understand. You understand what's really going on beneath it, what's making that type of person tick. And you'll say, oh, I got it. This is what's going on for you. And you don't have to look crazy anymore. And uh, I'll even know a little bit about what's going on for me because most of us don't even know what's going on for ourselves because it's like fish swimming in water, you know, we don't even know the water. And we live with the lens all the time, so we don't even observe the lens. We just think that's the way it is. So the invitation today is to, instead of looking at the world through the lens, it's to look at the lens itself and to see that it's a limited, valid, but incomplete vision and having said that, I thank you. Have a great time with this. Check out who you are. Check out who the ones you are in relationship are. And just say, really, is that how you work? Or really, was I motivated always by applause or security or the sense of wanting to have an identity by reacting? Oh, that explains my behavior. Because when we know what explains it, and we can look at it and we can be freer because we won't be automatons. We'll actually start to be more human. And having said that, until we meet again, at which point we will look at all of these different points of view, the nine points of view and how they fit, because each of them also has a direction, forward and out, back and in, or up and diffuse. So we'll, we're going to build a map. And we just started with the foundation. So my dear friends, thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue this conversation. And again, as always, I so appreciate your comments, your questions, your reflections, your disagreements, anything. You can reach me at ahan, that's like Andy Han, ahan, at lifecenteredtherapy.com. And uh, if you want to see more about the Enneagram, you can just go to lifecenteredtherapy.com and we have a whole section where you can read all about it, so to speak, but we're not a newspaper. And having said that, until we meet again, I wish you well and goodbye.